within both male and female humans, there is masculine and feminine energy. And masculine energy is all things logical, linear, concrete, predictable, practical. It's all about initiating, doing, taking action. And ultimately, masculinity is about giving. The feminine, on the other hand, is about what's playful and passionate, um, creative, nonlinear, circular, intangible. It's really about being, and ultimately, femininity is about receiving. Are you an ambitious, God-centered woman who is ready to live her best life now? My name is Allison Chavis, and on this podcast, I'm going to show women like you how to master your inner game so you can get out of your own way, lay down the struggle, manifest your dreams, and love life as you go. If you're ready to play the inner game to win instead of playing it not to lose so you can live your best life for the rest of your life, then head on over to prosperityapproach.com slash go and get started. Hello, Prosperity Seekers, and welcome to another episode of The Prosperity Approach. I am your host, Allison Chavis. And you know, contrary to popular opinion, prosperity is not just about having a lot of money in your bank account. In fact, in order to live a truly prosperous life, we've got to experience prosperity not only in our finances, but also in our level of spirituality, in our health and fitness, and really, really importantly, in our relationships. And I am so thrilled and so honored to introduce you to our guest for today's episode. In fact, she has been absolutely instrumental in my transformation, not only professionally, but also personally. She is a queen in every area of her life. She teaches women how to be queens in their lives as well. And I am so honored to introduce you all to Gina DeVee. Gina, welcome. Oh, Allison, thanks for having me. I'm so looking forward to this. I've, I've told you before we started recording how much value my audience is going to get from this conversation today. So I could go on and on about all of your virtues, but Gina, tell us who you are. Tell us what you're up to and what you're all about. Sure. Well, I, um, I started out as a broke, struggling psychotherapist who had a dream for a bigger and better life for myself. I always wanted to help people and I've been obsessed with transformation for couple of decades now. And what I found is that the human spirit is so incredible and we are so much more capable than what society has taught us. So I started um, believing bigger. I started giving myself permission to say yes to my desires and not make them wrong. And so my desires always included impacting lives in a positive way, but also living a really luxurious lifestyle as well. And I combined the two of them and thus my company Divine Living, which is about having a meaningful career and a fabulous lifestyle, has come together. And um, today we've empowered uh, and worked with you know thousands of women around the world to start and launch businesses and have the money transformation, but mostly because of who people become in the process. And now I'm really glad to say that so many of us have gotten our divine working down, but now there's a real return to actual divine living, um, which is really what I wrote my book about, The Audacity to Be Queen, um, really getting deep into ourselves what it means to be empowered from a feminine perspective um, while being spiritually aligned. 
Oh, and, and, you know, we need that so much. That was one of the things that just was so electrifying about you to me when I first met you was just like the fact that you gave yourself permission first and foremost, and not making yourself wrong or anybody else wrong was just this huge breath of fresh air to me. And, and by the way, like this book, I'll just do, I'll just do a very happy plug for you right here. Um, I, Almost every page is highlighted. It's dog-eared throughout the entire thing just because it it's just, has such a profound effect on me. And then, of course, being in your space as well. So to you, what does an empowered or a prosperous relationship look like? Oh, switching into relationship. Are we talking romantic relationship? You know what? Yes. Okay. What does a prosperous relationship look like? Well, I have, you know, I have many issues in life and... Uh, but I'm happy to say that my relationship with my husband, I mean, Glenn is the easiest part of my life. Um, it doesn't mean we don't have our own sticky points, but he's my favorite person to spend time with. I feel really fortunate as different as we are in human beings. We both desire the same things in life. Um, we both prioritize our relationship with God, with growth and with each other. And, um, so I think just, you know, I also see so many women working all the time. So many of my even closest friends and, um, or they're like sending emails or texts like at night. And I'm like thinking like, I shut my phone and my computer off. Like that is such a, like talk about prosperity, but that's such a rich time in our life to, you know, watch the sunset and spend time with each other or in the morning to start our day together. Um, so I, I guess that's how I would define a prosperous relationship is um, not just spending a lot of time with your partner, but wanting to. Mm, yes. And, and one of the things that I picked up that you laid down when we were working together was get out of your office. <laughs> spend time together. You, One of the things that you've uh, told me a lot, not necessarily personally, but to the people you worked with was all work and no play makes for a very boring queen. And, and I appreciated that because I didn't know how to lead with femininity in anything, not in my marriage of 24 years with my spouse, not certainly not in my business, not in my mothering, like any of my relationships. It was just, just this full speed ahead. And then I was like, why am I so tired and unhappy all the time when I'm doing all of the things? And one of the, one of the, the things that was so helpful for me was just understanding, first of all, the distinctions between feminine energies and masculine energies. And then why are we so obsessed with the masculine energies and so dismissive of the feminine? Can you speak into that? Well, us? Western culture is definitely addicted to masculine energy and we'll break it down. So within both male and female humans, there is masculine and feminine energy. And masculine energy is all things logical, linear, um, concrete, predictable, practical, practical. It's all about initiating, doing, taking action. And ultimately, masculinity is about giving. The feminine, on the other hand, is about what's playful and passionate, um, creative, nonlinear, circular, intangible. It's really about being, and ultimately, femininity is about receiving. 
And so society would teach us, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. That is the masculine. You know, you need to save for, for retirement or a down payment on your house. And that, you know, you like save your money for a rainy day. It's always about being um, practical or doing things that are predictable. And thus, the feminine has been deemed crazy or irresponsible um, or, you know, wild in not the good form or definition of it. And to that degree, um, you know, throughout the years, you know, men have oppressed women. We, we know that. But in more modern times, women have handed over their power and tried to become like men, thinking that that's how they're going to get ahead or taken in messages like, well, if you're going to make more money, you got to work all the time or you got to work harder. And that's how you're going to make more money or become successful or noticed. And in that process, we've just turned over our own superpower, which is our own feminine instincts and our own creativity and our own connection with spirit. And to the degree that we've done that, we've blown out our adrenals. We were never intended to be like men in the first place. Otherwise, we would have been created that way. Um, and we've made our own natural instincts wrong. Like, you know, I mean, I remember even listening, I was at a seminar once with a very famous, successful coach and someone who I actually deeply respect. And he said something like, was your father, hold on, strong or feminine in nature? Like, therefore, by definition, the feminine being weak. And this wasn't in 1978. And this wasn't by somebody who... It like wasn't well-meaning. It's just so in the vernacular that being feminine is weak or to cry or have feelings is a sign of weakness or, um, you know, your desires are something that should be left over. Like it's like you only give them time or money if there's enough of either left over. And the opposite is just really true. Like real feminine powers, I lead my life from desire. And that is... Um, where I have an intact intuition. And for me, that's where I have a connection with God. And, you know, what I've learned is I make the most money when I'm playful and doing what I'm passionate about, which is oftentimes sitting at a beach club. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. <laughs> and, and, and delightful, you know, because it's like, can, can we do it that way? Right? Like, can it? Like, are we allowed? Um, is this even allowed? You know. Um, and yeah. Now, I will say this: one of the reasons why I wrote my book about being queen and using that archetype is the queen is not all feminine. She is actually the masterful blend of the masculine and the feminine. The difference is the queen just leads with. She starts with feminine principles and when necessary, backs them up with masculine ones, where the rest of Western culture would start with the masculine and add a little feminine, maybe. So what So what does that look like, like in a practical, everyday setting? Well, for me, I, I don't know how everyone else does it, but for me, it means like I wake up and I don't look at my phone first. Um, I don't even set an alarm. I wake up when my body is ready to wake up. So I trust my natural body rhythm. Um, unless like I, you know, back in the day when I would get up early for a plane flight or something. But 
Um, I wake up and then the first thing I do is spend time with God and coffee um, in that order. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, where I really do prioritize my spiritual connection. I journal, I read, um, and I spend time with my man. And then I, you know, on most days I, I do, well, then I go and I work out and after, so I spend time with my body. And then after that, I do go and work. So I'm not always at a beach club. Um, but I really, I work with what I feel is necessary, not how much time can I spend working. And I really challenge myself, how much can I get done and how productive can I be in the the shortest amount of time because though I enjoy my art of what I do I don't live to work and so um, the computer is never on past six and rarely past five Um, I hardly ever work on a weekend you know I will when necessary but that's very very rare um, and always spend my evenings during pandemic, mostly just with my husband, but otherwise with friends and him or whatever, and like really enjoying life. If you like the conversation here, come have a deeper one with me in my free online challenge. You'll get live coaching from me as you discover how to achieve success without struggle. For more information, go to prosperityapproach.com slash challenge or stick around to the end of the episode. So it's not, it's like, it's, you know, it's not just you meditating all day long <laughs> like you start in the spiritual and the medit- in the meditative realm and then let like you said let the masculine come in and serve and support the feminine yes i'm not a believer in massive action i think that just wears women out but i am a believer in inspired action and so the inspired action sometimes has been to work a, a 12 or even a 14 hour day. When I was hosting live events, those were very long days, mm-hmm. but it didn't feel like drudgery because I was so inspired and lit up. Um, these days when I do challenges, I love the the, the five day challenges that I do so much. They're, and I make sure because it requires so much energy, I I literally book in time afterwards to just decompress and rest. Where I see so many women going from launch to program fulfillment to launch to just like working all the time. Um, And then other times, you know, I've had just inspired instincts that, um, you know, one time was to like go to Saint Tropez and I just said I was going to manifest a client there. And I did. I wrote about that in my book. Um, Other times I would, Somebody told me I should teach a sales course, and I did. And the first time I ran it, it, I don't know, this was back in the day, had 120 people in it, which was a big deal for me at the time. And I thought, I went, well, I'll do that again. And the next time I only got five people in it. And I was like, wait a minute, if I can't sell a $500 teleclass, like what is going on here? And then I thought, you know, how? what's the most pleasurable way that I wanted to work? And I love transformation. And, and working in high-end luxurious ways. So I thought, well, if I could do a one-day intensive at the Ritz in Paris, that would be exciting. And, and then I thought, well, the Lanesboro in London is, is really pretty. And what about like a villa in Provence or Riyadh and Marrakesh? And so I picked seven locations, glorious locations um, that I wanted to travel to and charged $15,000 for the day. 
And in five days, all seven of them sold out when after weeks of peddling my sales class, I couldn't sell more than five. Wow. That is the power of the feminine. So let, let's talk about um, the power of the feminine within our relationships. So, I mean, you, you have had years and years of experience as, as a therapist and working with, working with people and, their, and in their own relationships. So what have you observed over these years of the marriage relationship and how, how each person shows up in that relationships? How do women approach it generally? How do men approach it generally that you've observed? Oh, great question. I mean, lots of stereotypes, but you know, I, I do think that they, they're generalizations that apply to a lot of people think that um, men give themselves permission to do what they want, when they want, and how they want it. And too oftentimes women are still seeking permission, seeking permission to fill up space, make a decision, spend money, um, ask for what they want. There's a lot of room for growth for women to start uh, giving themselves permission in that sense. In In terms of the marriage, I think that um, men have been very lovely. There's been so many men supporting their women um, who want to start businesses, whether they're working in the businesses themselves or just supporting their woman's dream. What I've observed over the years is truly that when a woman decides on whatever the desire is of what she wants to take a program or take a trip or anything, there isn't a man in the world that can say no to that feminine power. So we need to stop thinking that feminine power is weakness and honor it for the strength that it is. What would you say to somebody who has been disempowered and hasn't been in her feminine? So she's been in apology and permission seeking, and that's kind of the dynamic that she's established in her relationship. Because I've seen one or the other, like the two extremes, either they're just asking for permission all the time, or they're just bulldozing over their husband, or they're just being like catty and, you know, all of that. So, so a woman who was there in that disempowered state, what's something that she can do to start changing the dynamics of that relationship with her spouse? What you can change yourself, you don't necessarily get to change your spouse, but you can become conscious to what your real desires are in relationship and what your non-negotiables are in relationship. And particularly that relationships that have been well established, uh, or especially when there's children involved, like, you know, it's, it's not a death sentence, it's not a prison trap, and it's also not a tattoo. And I think that too many women think that this is just the way it is. So if I can't change him or the relationship, then, um, then I'll just kind of take the bull by the horns and like, force life to, or business or success or whatever to happen the way that I, or motherhood to happen the way that I want it to. And the truth is relationships are teachers. And so when we take a look at any dynamic that isn't rewarding or helping us grow or pleasurable, we don't have to be victims to it and we, nor do we need to be stuck. And we do need to put ourselves in our own personal position of power And first of all, start to get clear on what are the real desires in relationship, because the statistics are that only one in a hundred people even know what they want. So 
most women just are kind of like global. Like I just want him to change or this to change. Or I was like, what really do you desire in relationship? And what is your real actual non-negotiable? And then when you go to your partner and say, you know, like I've been waking up to realizing that this is really what's important to me, or I'd like this dynamic to change in the relationship, or um, it would mean a lot to me if you would show up differently in this way. It's really important because too oftentimes people just assume their partner's not going to change, or then they'll go and change the game rules, but not communicate it. And when you share what you desire and the why behind it, and then ask someone if they're actually available for that. A little can go a long way, even if it's not someone's preference. Like we just moved into a new place recently and word on the street is I am a piler and not a filer. And it hasn't really been that big of an issue in our relationship because normally we've had, I've been willing to work and pay for someone to come in and uh, fix those piles and turn them into files. But with COVID, that we haven't had um, in-house support for a while. And so Glenn got sick of it the other day. And he's like, I got a question for you. He said, it would make a big difference in my life if you would pick up your own stuff. He's like, are you available for that? Like, will you actually do that? And I just saw how important it was to him that I honor that. And so I have been, granted, it's been about 72 hours, but I have made a very concerted effort um, to not just walk through the door and drop my gym bag wherever it lands and actually put it at other places. Um, and there's things, you know, that I'll ask as well. And when, so it's not necessarily my preference to pick up all my stuff either. Like I'd just rather drop it around. Um, but because I know it's that important to him, I'm making the effort and, our relationship is such, and he does the same. And even when, like I said, even when it's not the preference, both of us are willing to meet the other. I don't call it a sacrifice, but meet the other. And if it's not, we're also really big on letting our yes be yes and our no be no, both of us. And then just you have to decide if it's deal breaker material or not. You know, you bring up a really amazing point about letting your yes be yes and your no mean no, because my husband's really good at the no meaning no. <laughs> and, and for, and he's always been that way. He doesn't apologize. He doesn't explain it away. He's just like, no, I don't want to. No, that doesn't work for me. And, and I would get, I would get angry because I was like, why can't I do that? Why can't I just not apologize all over the place? And why can't my no be no? Um, and, and it's because of the dynamics between men and women and, and women being conditioned to ask permission for things. And so, so what would you suggest if a woman's, if a woman's yes is actually no, like is, can we, can we like have a do over with that? Or like, what, what can we do to suddenly have our yes be yes and our no, our no be no and have these empowered relationships? First of all, practice. Because I think that just even having this conversation, opening up to like, wow, where am I saying yes when it's actually a no for me? And learning to kind of catch it and or do the do over. You know, when you realize like, hey, you know, I said that it was fine for you to go golfing and I would like take care of the kids again, you know, 
actually, I'm cool if you want to do that one Saturday a month and one Saturday a month, I want to have spa time or whatever. Um, you know, like starting to practice being visible and practice speaking up and practice, even though it can feel really awkward and really uncomfortable asking for what you want. And then um, I, I found myself, I was at the salon the other day and they, you know, they said, do you want a glass of champagne? When I said, I said, yes, I'd love that. Thank you. And then she asked, would you like some more champagne? And I was like, probably, I don't know, three quarters of the way through the glass. And I felt myself like saying, oh, just a little bit. I wanted another glass of champagne. Well, like, you know, like, what, like, what am I tiptoeing around or like thinking that it was going to sound better or look better or like anybody even cared. But I was like, and this is like, I just wrote the book, the audacity to be queen. Like, you think you can just, yes, thank you. Um, so, but I, I noticed like that, like just even there, I was like, I just moved. So it's a new salon. I didn't know the people as well. So it was like tiptoeing a little bit, but I caught it and I thought, you know what? No. And that's okay. At least I caught it. And then next time it would be, that would be lovely. Thank you. It's so exciting. It's so exciting. And I had to share this with you. So when I first, when, when I first met you, I was told very clearly, I had a very, very strong nudge, like I needed to work with you and whatever I needed to do, like that was it. And I had created a, just a real, a, a real um, painful financial situation um, with hiring all these mentors and, you know, all of that. We're 150 grand in debt and yada, yada, yada. And I had made a deal with Jeremy, my husband, that I would run things past him because I had bought really expensive programs and not told him and created a bit of distrust in our relationship that I was owning. And then, you know, uh, the agreement was I would, I would run things past him just so that we were on the same page. So I know I'm supposed to work with you. And, and I called him and he was like, mm, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> and, and I was immediately deflated, immediately deflated because I didn't know quite yet how to be more empowered in my relationship with him and to just to let my desires be my desires and follow through with them. And I had a conversation with you or somebody on your team who said, well, of course he's not feeling it. She's not his mentor. <laughs> she, she's, he's not supposed to work with her. <laughs> you are. And, and so, and, and just helping me to realize like, I can trust, I can trust that intuition. I can trust where that was leading me and just, and just, showing up to my spouse and not expecting him to be thrilled that I'm hiring yet another person. Um, but I, but I didn't need him to be like my, you call him a cosmic cheerleader. Like I don't, I don't need him to be a cheerleader. I don't need to be, you know, like, Oh, this is going to change everything. I just needed him to not get in my way. And, or, I mean, perhaps I could say that in a more eloquent way, but that's like where I was at the time. Like, I just, I need, I need to do this. I just, I feel so strongly in this. And it was amazing to me because you said it would work. And by golly, it did that when I just told him, this is what I feel. So it was no longer like this clash between us and I'm going to do it, you know, regardless of what you feel, but just being very clear in where I was being guided. And he was, and he said, then do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. So that is you yes, when a woman goes to her man, and again I'm stereotyping, but like 
But I go to Glenn and say, like, there's something I want to do, and here's why. So you're in the softness of your femininity, and you're not being a little girl. You're not asking for permission, but you are inviting your partner to support your dream, whatever it is. Many times Glenn has said, I don't get it. I'm not feeling it. I don't see it. But if that's what you need to do, then do what you need to do. And I will do the same thing with Glenn, you know, like, so we're real clear and look at, it's not, it's not the guidance that's coming through me. And when two people are taking personal responsibility for their choices, um, both of us have done that in hiring team members. He'll be like, I think we should hire this person. And I'll be like, I am not seeing it at all or vice versa. Then um, we both just, trust that each other needs to do that for their own destiny and their own path. And neither one of us are here to clean up each other's mess either. Like we're really good at owning our own stuff. It's, it's, you know, and it's so beautiful because I didn't even realize that I was stepping into empowered feminine really at that point. It felt awkward. I'll tell you, it felt awkward. It felt uncomfortable. It was, it felt clunky and all of that, but it seemed to trigger his empowered masculine. Mm-hmm. where he was just like, okay. So what would you say to the woman who says, I need my husband's support. I won't do this without his full support. Do you feel like that is a necessary component to move forward with your desires? When I hear that, I hear fear. Mm-hmm. And where there's fear, there's usually excuses. And I've worked with women for 20 years now. And I know when a woman is using her husband as the excuse, because as much as she wants something, she doesn't believe enough in herself to take the full responsibility for the outcome. And so I always work to help women make the best decision for themselves, whatever that actually is. And so if someone says, I, I need my husband's support on that, that's different than a woman saying, you know what, I've made my own decision, whichever way on whatever subject, and I just want to connect with my husband on it before I pull the trigger. It's an entirely different energetic. And so I need my husband's support typically screams to me like a little girl that can't move forward unless daddy gives her permission to do so and then hands her, you know, holds her hand out for her $2 allowance. Um, And that's what I think that we, I mean, too oftentimes I've heard women, even like the quote unquote empowered ones who made the decision move forward. Like, so I went and asked my husband for the money and it's like, no man ever said like, you know, and I asked my wife if I could do something with the children. Like, you know, it, it, it doesn't go in both directions. And so I think just women waking up to, are you using your man as an excuse? Are you using your kids as an excuse is another great one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I couldn't do that because, of, you know, it take away from the children. Well, um, I've never seen a woman do so, go for her dreams and have that take away from anyone, let alone her children. So I think it's just really important for every woman to wake up to their own um, their own empowerment and their own 
self-sourcing their self their own self-permission. Oh, Dina, I knew this was going to be the richest, juiciest conversation. I know that you have blessed my whole audience with this conversation. And I thank you so much. And I know people are going to want to connect with you. So how can they find you? How can they work with you? Where are you? I know everywhere. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. Um, you can find pretty much everything at divineliving.com. Um, if you want to check out my book, The Audacity to Be Queen, it's there. I also have a free companion course, whether or not you buy the book. I hope you do. Um, you can go to divineliving.com forward slash audacity. There's videos and workbooks and a loving Facebook group uh, to welcome you into. Or you can find me on Instagram at Gina Divi. Fantastic. And and let me tell you, that community that you've created is just beyond anything that I had ever experienced. And so thank you. Thank you for your work in the world and for you giving yourself permission and modeling it so beautifully for so many thousands of women and, and all of the transformation that I can speak to personally and the others that I know that you have transformed as well. So Thank you again, Gina, for being here. Thank you to all of you prosperity seekers tuning into this episode. We've got all the links um, here so that you can connect with Gina and um, get more of the juiciness that she is always putting out there. And until next time, we'll see you then. Thanks, Allison. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Prosperity Approach. If you haven't already, be sure to head over to prosperityapproach.com slash 52 ways and pick up your free copy of the Prosperity Guide. This guide will help you discover 52 different ways to dissolve fear and overwhelm, grow your wealth consciousness and experience success without struggle. Until next time, remember, the challenge is necessary on your journey to success, but the struggle isn't. 